Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Mom Podcast. Today, we're talking about simple ways that you can commit to eating as a form of self-care. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor, on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. How are you feeling? I don't know, for some reason, all the episodes I'm recording this month just make me want to dance. I don't know what it is. But I'm hoping your February is going okay. There's love in the air. And my question to you is, have you loved on yourself lately? Now, you might be thinking, what do you mean, Uime? I love on myself every day by doing this and doing that. But would your body agree with you? In fact, if you're anything like most women... The thought of even spending time on self-care and loving on yourself is like a foreign language. Because to some of us, it seems like there's never enough time in our day to pay attention to ourselves. But what if I told you that something as simple as just eating could be a form of self-care? As I've coached women and reflected back on my own food freedom journey, I've come to realize that so many of us don't think about eating as a form of self-care. And why would we? After all, eating is just about food, isn't it? (laughs) So I'll just share the story that inspired this post because I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Now, as I was saying, I've been practicing self-care and eating intuitively for many years now. But I wasn't sure, or I should say I wasn't aware of how many of my thoughts were impacting my behaviors when it came to food until I started working on my body image. So during one of the sessions, I was chatting with my coach about honoring my body, even when I'm busy. You know, I was really like saying it like I got this pat down, (laughs) feeling really proud of myself. And she asked me to tell her how I manage hunger when I'm busy. Now, I'm one of those women who powers through tasks when I have a pressing deadline. So sometimes I default to saying I'll just eat later if I have nothing handy to snack on, which is most of the time because I'm not really a snacky type person. For many of you, there's nothing wrong with this scenario. But one of the key solutions for healing your relationship with food is actually honoring your hunger. And this is not about having a lot of food. This is just about having something to replenish your energy. So for me, by choosing to eat later, I was consciously ignoring my hunger signal. And this meant that I would struggle later with compensatory eating because, as you know, the body sees any sign of deprivation as famine. Now, I talk about this in episodes two and three of the podcast. You can pause this one and listen to those ones to hear about the whole issue with the pendulum swing when you give yourself permission to eat. You can listen to those and come back to this episode. Or you can go back to them when you're done listening to this one. Now, I'm sharing my story to say that this is a struggle that so many of us have, even after we've become intuitive eaters or we've found food freedom and body freedom. And so many of my clients are surprised when they become aware of this struggle and how it impacts their eating behaviors. So just going back to my story with my coach, once she asked that question, 
it occurred to me that I was actually not taking care of myself. If I said that eating was a priority and it was one of the ways that I take care of myself, then I wasn't doing that. So I'm sharing three tips today with you that would just help you commit to eating as this form of self-care because I believe that we can't really do what we need to do in the world on an empty stomach. Now, I'm just going to go ahead here and say that I understand that there are people who genuinely struggle with food insecurity. I recognize that. And this is not about saying you need tons of food or you need to be in abundance. This is just about what can you do with the little amount that you have to take care of yourself. So whether you have a lot of food or you don't have a lot of food, how can you incorporate eating into your everyday life? So the first thing that you can do is just knowing and giving yourself that permission to eat. Thanks to diet culture, and of course, lately it's now wellness culture, in quotes, hunger is being seen as this bad thing, like we're not supposed to feel hungry. But the truth is, hunger is a basic biological signal. It shows you that you need nourishment. So when you feel hungry, I encourage you to eat. It's not the time to negotiate or question your hunger. Just the same way you don't question your breathing or the need to go pee or do number two, hunger shouldn't be any different. Hunger is a basic biological signal. Your body signals, you respond. I'm just going to say here that it doesn't matter how much you ate yesterday, whether you haven't worked out yet today or whether you feel like you deserve to eat. You still need to eat if you're hungry for food. When you honor your body by responding to this basic instinct, it'll be easier to tune into other areas of your body that may need help, such as your mental and emotional health. So it's very important to give yourself that permission to eat. Number two is plan for eating. Now, I understand that many moms have been traumatized by failed attempts at meal planning. You know, the Pinterest-worthy meal plans. But when I talk about meal planning, I'm saying you need to have an idea of what you want to eat. Then make plans to have that available so that you can access the food when you're feeling hungry. Obviously, if you can batch cook, portion your meals out for any amount of time, then that's great for you. But if you can't, then it's cool too. It's better that you plan and end up not eating the food than not have a plan at all, then end up overly hungry while trying to respond to what's for dinner or when is food going to be ready. We all know that sound and how annoying it can be. Number three is giving yourself grace and compassion when it comes to eating. Motherhood or life as a woman in general can be chaotic. And this impacts most areas of our lives, whether we choose to recognize it or not. This is why I'm so passionate about developing a trust-based model of eating with your body, whether it be through intuitive eating, competent eating, or any other model out there. Because when you develop this trust-based model of eating, it places you in the driver's seat so that you're the expert of your body. Now, I teach intuitive eating and competent eating for the trust-based model that we use in my food freedom program. And the intuitive eating component that I love is just that it helps you tune into your body's internal wisdom to guide you. So then you can manage the things that tend to interrupt that ability to tune into your body. For instance, some of us turn to food because it seems to be the one thing we can control in our lives. So we eat during times of extreme stress or when we have strong emotions that we're unable to cope with. 
Times like that need you to approach yourself from a place of curiosity rather than judgment, which intuitive eating offers. Curiosity allows you to find out what's at the heart of your behavior. So for me, I remember vividly when I just had my third child, my mom passed away and my husband got a job offer to work out of town. I had a really hard time coping because I was trying to stay strong. So of course, what did I do? I turned to food. There were days I couldn't wait till my kids went to bed at night so that I could just go into my fridge, open my brownie, hit it up, scoop up some ice cream and sit down and just eat. Now, most times I wasn't even hungry, but it was what the food did for me that I looked forward to. It was what the food offered me. At a point, I got so sick of the nighttime eating that I decided to go back and tune into what I really needed. And that's when I found out that I had baby blues in addition to everything that was going on. Of course, I called my friend right away because I didn't know what else to do. Thankfully, I was able to get some support. People helped me out with the kids. I was able to get some sleep. Of course, I I talked to my husband about how we could move and things started to get better. So in essence, I'm saying that when we approach our eating from a place of curiosity, it makes it easy to recognize where we need some other forms of support. And this is not going to happen if you're too busy judging or criticizing yourself. So now you might be wondering, well, yeah, I heard you. You said I should give myself permission to eat, to plan for eating, and give myself grace and compassion. But where do I start from? Good question. How about start where you are? Most times we always feel like we need to go and get all of this stuff all set up and have things perfectly organized. And I think this is one of the main reasons we struggle as women and as moms. We're always waiting for things to align perfectly. Oh, everything else can be addressed. But when it comes to my thing, I need it to be this way and that way. And I'll do it on whatever day we decide. Sometime in the future, not right now. So if you're looking for a tip on what to do and how to start, here's one for you. Start where you are. Start with what you have. It's very simple. What do you have that's available to you? Where are you at? What season of motherhood, what season of womanhood are you in? Think about your needs and just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just about committing and doing the work. And when you commit, you consciously do the work. Because it's one thing to say you're going to do something. It's another thing to actually put in the action. So that's it, my friends. This is just your reminder to commit to eating as a basic form of self-care. There is no fancy thing going on here. I just hopped on here to give you a little pep talk on why you need to come back, on how you can come back and commit to this basic form of self-care. You don't need to book an appointment. You don't need to pay nobody. You don't need to stress about anything. All of the things I've talked about today, they're available to you. You have the power to do them for yourself. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and do this. Now, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to come over on Instagram and share with me your biggest takeaways and one thing that you plan to do. Just one. Doesn't have to be a lot. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Just one little commitment that you can make today. All right, my friends. I hope that you can take the time to commit to eating 
and seeing that as you taking care of yourself, seeing that as you nourishing your body. I hope this episode was helpful. I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.